0: They're taking cherubim pots strewn strategically along the day. Charter boys are tying badder in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time moves. And in the front bar
1: of the Top End pub... And I said, no, mate, I love the midterms. You know, they were predicting a blue tsunami. It didn't quite come off. But, you know, the Democrats have got control of Congress now, but the orange comb is still in charge of the Senate. He's going to have a rough couple of years, so there's going to be some fireworks there to watch. I can't wait for the 2024 presidential elections. Anyway, he just turned and punched me full in the face. Me. Uh oh. What's going on? More. Jesus, is that the time? Oh, showtime, Great. Yeah, let's go. Quick, quick drinker. Get your bums in the boat and get
0: on with
2: it.
1: Yes, welcome aboard the Tinny Fishers. And luckily, yes, luckily, like all stout, staunch, stolid Territorians, I can take a punch. I can take a punch, even though I did spend a bit of time in RDH Emergency, where I happened to uh, chance upon the fourth column of Tales from the Tinny, but we'll be hearing more about that later. I think what it tells us, Fishers, is that we need to love our brothers more. We need to love our sisters, not punch them. I think it's sad that people are so intolerant Of the absolute blanket coverage of every nuance of a second-rung election of a country that by being definitively not Australia, we're not eligible to even vote in. But moving on, introducing... Can can you? (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to my friend in crime who's another lover of the nuances of an electoral system that we're not eligible to vote in. I can't wait. The coverage has just been awesome, Timmy.
3: Yeah, I run it wall to wall on on podcast through one of those little uh, Bluetooth speakers when I'm out fishing just to keep in touch with the latest. uh, The the nuance. The nuance. The nuance. nuance. But there's a whole lot more happening closer to home, Timmy. Well, closer to home this weekend, almost every Territory Fisher is on a journey uh, this weekend, a whole interstate. Oh. towing their boat to just over the border in WA to Cunanurra. They're going to fish their way back and into Mount Isa in Queensland to fish so their to... way back. Why is this so? Because the government announced if you move to the Territory, uh, you'll be eligible for a raft of coin, three grand incentives, relocation costs, ah. settle here in the Territory costs and fish-o's are onto it. Oh, we we'll just are. nick off over the border and call it a big fishing trip. Come back and get free cash for moving to the Territory. This is all part of the uh, the Northern Territory Government's official Frothy Waffle campaign. <laughs> now, the, the, this week they've officially put the money behind the campaign. Three grand. Oh, it's a whole lot, man. I think it's three grand to move here, five grand for an employer or something, and then another three grand if you stay for five years. So we go to Mount Isa yeah. or, or kananara and just come back. No, but I think you probably need. Well, you may probably have to get a driver's license. What's that yeah. cost these days, 50 oh, bucks? Yeah, yeah, and then come back and change your rego back over. It's well worth it.
1: Oh, You're and, still up. And then you can have a million dollar fish as well. There's just money why, why coming. It's dropping out of the clouds why, why, in the territory. Why wouldn't you move here?
3: Why wouldn't you? The government dropped some money out of the clouds for fish attracting devices about six weeks ago too and deployed four of them across the coast. An update for you. We've got some vision and some reports of the bait and pelagics that are already gathering around them. All the GPS marks are on uh, Facebook. There's been some concern in the harbour this week too, uh, Rob, about Fishos anchoring in the fishing in the shipping channel. Mm. Uh, so we'll tell you more about that. That's caused a real stir uh, online. Uh, breaking news that the second MDF charity tag worth $5,000 is in the water. It's live and the GPS marks you will be hearing. Over the next uh, hour or so. And an update finally. Go- up. well, finally? On the second busiest boat ramp in the Territory, the all-weather, all-tide boat ramp, in ha! inverted commas, worth $4.5 million, opened less than two years ago. Uh, people are getting stuck. People are sliding down it. Fishers are, are just over it. And finally, the government's committed to doing something about it. All that
1: and more here on Tales from the Tinny.
3: Wallet was soaked, the keys were soaked, case of beer—the bottom fell out of it. Picked up this jerry can off Cas Beach,
4: swam back out to the boat. They really got at me. Tales from the Tinny.
5: You're listening to Tales from the Tinny. Get them bubbling up, ya! dollar fish, million dollar fish, dollar fish.
6: Hi hey everyone, I'm David Gregory, uh, also known as Bikini. The package has been delivered, the deed is done. But now it's crunch time. Where was it? Uh, north of Darwin, down a dusty road. Uh, we dropped the boat into a creek and shot out shot out to the mouth, had a bit of a trawl around as you do this time of the year, see what we can sound up. You can often get a lot of dewfish and
3: bower along the same stretch, is, is that the place we're talking about?
6: Yeah it is, yep, yep. You know, you get your structure scan out and you can find them out on, on the sides and over you go. Head out of said creek and you move towards the Vernons, don't you? In that direction, yeah. <laughs> so it was Leaders Creek, Dave? Yeah, yeah. any good fish you can tell by the photos, you know. But that's the whole point of this charity tag, you know, bit of money for you, bit of money for a charity, yeah, nice and close to town, make an easy day of it and uh, it'd be good to see it get caught. So how big is it, Dave? Uh, this one uh, landed on the map at 85, you know, we managed to get it in and it's all visible if it's caught, you're about easy to read it. I swim off strong.
3: Now to the key data, Dave. Leaders Creek, the mouth, 85 centimetres. It's worth five grand, two and a half grand to charity and two and a half grand to you if you catch it. it. Oh, it. it. Yeah. Let's have the numbers, Dave. All right,
6: so if you're after the exact spot, it's uh, 12, 10, 485 South. East. Good on you, Dave. Thanks, boys. Well done, Dave. Yes, it's
1: all in, uh, correctly deployed, the tag it is, and visible. Good. You'll be able to easily read it. Good. As opposed to some of our uh, previous uh, reliable uh, personnel (coughs) uh, distributing tags. At least you got it right there, Dave. And thanks for helping the tinny fella. It's a great. An honourable thing you have done, mm.
3: a holy pilgrimage,
1: a holy pilgrimage, and and yes, Fisher, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be super busy out there, but it's the time of year. It's going to be super busy everywhere. Yeah,
3: get over it. There's five grand in the water. Do so- you
1: do yourself a favour? Do someone who's a bit hard up a favour, and get out there and get amongst it.
4: This soothing music has been specifically prepared to calm and distract you from the feelings of animosity, rage and vitriol that you are currently experiencing following the unjust disbursement of winnings from your million dollar fish. Those bastards took it all without even giving you a look in. To prevent this from reoccurring, you should consider the Tales from the Tinny Piscatorial Prenuptial Agreement. Download it from abc.net.au slash tinny or the Tales from the Tinny Facebook page. Remember to scroll past the photos of those gloating traitors. Now breathe.
3: We gave Packy Andy just one job as part of the holy pilgrimage to Mm. put one of these tags in. He's attempted. You can see the results at ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook of him with a lure in his hand outside emergency.
1: Yeah. I saw him inside, as I alluded to earlier on, when I had my face punched. Mm. Busy night. Busy night at
3: RDH. Mm. It didn't actually happen on the job. I don't know if this is better or worse, but it happened in the shed. On the job in inverted commas, Tim. (laughs) That's why it's a silver slice. He obviously wasn't using a silver slice for for Barra, but I don't know how it went in his hand in the shed. Mm, I reckon it was an awkward position to do the old leader pull trick. A full credit to RDH, says Andy, who turned it around in in under an hour. On approaching the triage nurse, I said, Hi, do you like fishing? Ready to show the hand, you know, just setting up the gag. Mm -hmm. And she replied, no, I'm a vegan. <laughs> and he said he, he laughed the pain away for the, uh, for the next half hour. You can see the pics on Facebook. A few weeks ago when we were looking for people to put these tags in for the Church of the Tinney, I suggested uh, the NT's worst fisherman, Malps. Uh, he'd seen that pic of Andy and said, uh, could you imagine the veil of gloom that would have descended if I'd taken possession of one of these, Tim? <laughs> The little boat would have hit the water and a plague of locusts would have appeared from the mangroves, fire and brimstone <laughs> cascading across the foreshore. Mabs, you hang in there, man. You could have done it. Oh, Maybe ma- better than Andy. I mean, it's still not in the water and he's got a lure in his hand.
1: Mabs, you just got to be careful, mate. you got to be careful of the self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, that's it. If you think, think it... positive. If you think it that hard, it will come to pass, my friend. <laughs>
0: Australia, our wide brown land, girt by shimmering seas, gashed by mighty meandering rivers, dotted with dam and billabong, and peopled, in part, by a valiant tribe of hunters, the fishos. Men, women and children who go down to the sea in boats, rock hop down to precipitous surf-pounded outcrops in salt-faded volleys, and flip-flop down to beach, billabong and riverbank in trusty double-pluggers. Many go fishing all of their lives without knowing that it is not fish they are after. Some seek escape and solitude, the opportunity for quiet contemplation. Others relish the tactical and technical complexities of the jewel. There are those addicted to the thrill of the hunt, the exquisite agony of lying in anticipatory weight, the adrenaline pumping sea soaring fortunes of battle, and the final victorious but respectful delivery of the coup de grace to a worthy foe. And did I mention fishing also seems to present one with the perfect opportunity to drink beer? We salute you, valiant Fisho. We salute you one and all. Tales from the Tinny.
1: Down the road to Katherine, uh, in the regions of the Victoria River where there has been a ceaseless bloodletting going on as people pursue the purple tag to try and get themselves and charity a bit of luck. Warren DeWitt, the ayatollah of the DKVR, has been joining in that bloodletting, <laughs> I believe. Warren, how are you, mate? I'm good, Rob. How are you, We good, mate? How was
3: the fishing on the Vic? Oh
7: yeah, it was pretty good actually. The water uh, clarity was really good. Um, Everything was, you know, perfect conditions. Um, There was a hell of a big storm um, go through on Saturday afternoon out there, and I didn't drive out until after work. I ran into a few people at the boat ramp who were ghostly white and covered in ash, and said they had never been so scared and never experienced such a violent storm in all their lives. So. You need to be very careful at this time of year. Obviously, it's a bit of a warning for people you know, being on the water that some of these storms are going to be pretty ferocious. Um, but, yeah, it. I, I went down Saturday afternoon. I didn't catch any fish Saturday afternoon. We just basically camped up for the, the night and then fished Sunday. And we got 20 barra on Sunday, up to 80 centimetres, and Trent was out there and he got 21 barra and also 15 dewfish uh, out there as well on the Sunday, which was pretty good.
3: Fantastic. Before we go on, though, can we just clarify, was that a firestorm or a rainstorm if it had ash in it?
7: Yeah, the, there'd been a big fire go through um, about a week before which burned out all the Bradshaw Station side. Um, and then that all got picked bit, up? Yeah, and just blown off to these poor people and they were very ghostly looking when I seen them and um, covered. the whole boats were covered in black ash.
1: Is it usual to catch deweys? How, how far downstream mm, was Trent?
7: No, but... See that? That's again. This is this is the. Um, I don't know. I suppose he's going to get a bit cranky me talking about this, but um, he was using a different technique, which really highlighted the fact that if you use vibes and uh, find structure and, and um, pinnacles or whatever, and then sit there and target those fish with vibes, you actually are sitting in the column right on the bottom where jewfish sit as well. So. You end up um, increasing your opportunities to catch not only Barra but obviously jewfish, and they did catch four salmon as well, doing that same thing. So, it's certainly a different way of fishing, and certainly going to open up some people's eyes, I suppose, into exploring other methods other than just mind-numbing trolling all day.
3: Yeah, good day, Trent. If you're uh, listening to this on on podcast, <laughs> thanks for
7: that insight. Via a fabulous
3: your old new, <laughs> a fabulous new technique you're employing on the vibes for uh, dewey. So where exactly, and I mean exactly, was Trent? <laughs>
7: <laughs> yeah. Do you wish me to live or die? <laughs> <laughs> hey,
3: uh, he got, no doubt he was gloating, though, him getting 21 ba- uh, over your 20.
7: Yep, he was. And he yeah. got a bigger bigger fish than us in the uh, barry. He got a 92-centimetre barra and a metre one fish in amongst those um, deweys that I'll catch. And so, I mean, again, it's very important to understand that if you've got a really good sounder, Your sounder will tell you that there are fish there, believe your sounder, and then work your methods out on how the best way to go about catching them. You only have to look at Shane Compain and some of those methods that he's employing now, stuff he's putting up on Facebook, and it's showing you that by using those vibes and fishing on that jigging or slow lifting method that you do with vibes certainly is a very good way, once you've pinpointed that there are fish there, then you can go about targeting, and, and he was fishing underneath the Bradshaw Bridge at one stage and looking at the pylons, which I, I think he did put up on Facebook, those structure scan um, images, and it showed a barra sitting in between one of the two pylons, and he went back and they targeted that fish and they caught it, so, and it was 75 centimetres. Um, so it just goes to show that you know when you do see him on your sounder, believe in your sounder if it's a good quality sounder obviously in which it's nowadays that they all are and then you can go back and try and work out what is the best method and seems to be that if you're seeing them and they're holding close to the bottom um, using vibes is obviously one of those much more productive ways of um, getting the results pretty quickly.
1: Now we're hearing that uh, any fish between about 72 and 85 is getting <laughs> killed and filleted by people
7: looking hunting for, the, for a tag <laughs> looking for the tag is that correct? Well, yeah, it's it's like stripping them back to nudeness, you know, (laughs) like you have to take all their clothes off and have a look underneath their flesh to see whether Malcolm and and Lady Harry put the tag. Who who do we
3: blame for that? Mal Roney and Harry Renfrey.
7: Yeah, they're hopeless. I mean, fancy stabbing a poor fish and then trying to drill a hole through it to put a tag in it and then trying to throw it over the side and expect someone to find it. What
3: Warren's referring Amateurs. to... Amateurs. Uh, we know that now. Uh, <laughs> what Warren's referring to here, if you didn't already know, there, there is a $5,000 tails from the Tinny MDF charity tagged fish on the Vic. The GPS marks are on Facebook showing precisely where it was released at 78 centimetres. It's got a tag worth five grand in it. If you catch it, half goes to charity, half to you. Problem is you've got to fill it to find the tag. Anyway,
7: that's just life. Yeah, that's it. It's all good fun.
3: What about Roper or Catherine Rivers, Warren?
7: Well, the Catherine is producing some good fish. Um, ben Wright got himself an 89 centimeter barrow just a couple of nights ago, actually um, fishing in the Catherine River and he said there was a fair few other fish um, striking and buffing on the surface as well. So the Catherine and all the bigger rivers, all the rivers are starting to pick up now as we move further and further into that build up and we're starting to get a few showers of rain now which is really good which sort of brings those fish much more closer to the surface because you get a little bit of discolouring in the water now as well. And and that was the other thing that um, people need to realise. When they see that colour change, and it doesn't necessarily have to be from a creek pumping into the river system, Um, some guys were actually fishing the fortnight before out at Vic River and they were fishing along a rock bar um, but the mud was getting picked up off the rocks and it caused a colour change to go down the long the bank and they were trawling along that bank and they got themselves a 92 centimeter barra doing that. And they could see fish sitting in amongst that colour change, which barra do use as an ambush to chase bait fish. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a inflow from the floodplains or anything, it can just be that colour change is enough for fish to want to, or barra to want to hide in there and use that as a way of ambushing bait when they come through. Hopefully
1: uh, fishos will get to ambush a few barra over the coming weeks as the build up continues. Good on you Warren, get out there, get killing, get filleting.
7: All right mate, all the best.
0: Follow.
3: Upload. Shout Give us a hoy. So our spies were right last week. Ten grand MDF, fish number three, Adelaide River after work, land-based for uh, the two Anthonys. Uh, And uh, Chris Melios, cousins, family and mates, 68 uh, 68 centimetres. It was, so well done, fellas.
1: Crystal Schultz has hit us up by a faceache, hoid us. Oh, yeah. Quite aggressively, actually. Check out the barrow I caught. Check it! Check it! Check it! (laughs) Check it! After catching up with you last week. Good old Buff Creek comes through with the goods. Mm. Good old 86.
3: Good fish. Mm.
1: This is uh, signed off. uh, Millsy's much more capable of a half.
3: Yeah, which she is.
1: She is, yeah. But, I mean, just, like, um, she's very capable... But, you know, gauging yourself against Millsy is not a great... It's, no. no. It's not a great... He threat. has,
3: he is running a very capable moustache these days. So that, are here. Yeah, that runs to each... Bulletproof. It is bulletproof. Runs to each side with a little curl-up. Oh, he's got the dali going. Yeah, he's capable on the moustache. Schultzy though, capable on the barrow. Good fish. Will he take out an eye with it? Is it that well-waxed? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty sharp. Ah. I give him a wide berth when I see him. <laughs> uh, ouch! We all know how this feels from Sam Furman... Just listen for it. This is a barrer in the high 80s he's on to. Fought it for 20 minutes, he reckons. There, that's where it's spitting the lure. All in (laughs) slow-mo. Where's a little bit of digital enhancement? No, just slow-mo. That's the scream as the lure gets sent back towards him. Oh, the pain.
1: It sounds like a stomach issue!
3: He <laughs> was upstream on the Vic. <laughs> the video is actually pretty funny to watch. It's today BC Tales and the Tinny on Facebook because we can all feel your pain, man. Oh, yes. Fought it on light gear for a long time and then just dropped it on the jump and the screen the anguish is It's yeah. palpable. When you can see it.
1: When you can see yeah. how good a fish it is. Yeah.
3: And when it the insult when it kind of looks at you and just goes patui. Take
1: that, amateur. Uh, cops hit the harbour over the weekend and started finding fishers who were anchoring, drifting or even fishing with the electric in the shipping channel. A cool tree fitty on the spot. Uh, the port is getting pretty fed up. Six Mile Boy is the worst, apparently, and the Port Corporation has now thrown its support behind licensing, red rego and boat IDs for fishers in the wake of ongoing bad behaviour by harbour boaties.
8: We have to jump through hoops to get our tickets, to maintain our certificates. All of our vessels are in survey in order for us to stay safe and operate our vessels safely. We're operating on the same piece of water as those people who have limited knowledge, some kind of licensing and some kind of testing related to that education so that we know the operator of the boat understands what he or her should be doing in order to keep himself safe would be a really good start.
3: And some ability to uh, identify those boats as well?
8: Goes without saying. Um, very difficult to pick up someone who's just in a silver tinny, um, the same as all the other silver tinnies, so I think some kind of marking on the boat that identifies them and identifies who the owner is.
3: And Ian Niblock from the port chatting to Adam Steer. They reckon if there's no boats around, it's probably OK to hit your favourite spots in and around the channel. But often you get so absorbed with the fishing, you don't see the massive tanker coming up, mm. you know, a K behind you, which is the exclusion zone. Uh, you're going to get done, if that's the case. John Pinney from Water Police wouldn't really be drawn on licensing or rego, though, but reckon safety in the harbour is something they'll continue to police.
8: Look, licensing is
9: a matter for government. We have most jurisdictions in Australia where there is licensing, so there is an advantage there that people are able to be educated more easily, but then similarly
10: there are other jurisdictions without licensing. Whether you do or don't have it, it's the skipper's responsibility to make sure that he does know. Registration or identification of vessels would certainly make our job easier, but again, it's a matter for government to decide on uh, the the broader issues involved in that and whether they'll go ahead with it.
3: Yeah, you can imagine the debate that ensued on Facebook. Yeah. Following that, uh, it got pretty ugly... And guess who stepped in as the peacemaker, as always, waltzing straight into that blazing fire of uh, of outrage? Mm. It was Neville Sharp. Of course, pouring it, oil on the, on the waters to calm them. No more nude-ups past Stokes Hill Wharf at sunset then with Rego stickers on me boat. I like beer. Keeping it real, Nev. Bringing it back to the main issue. As soon as he made the comment, Mick came in. Look, I'm with you, Neville. I too like beer. Another... I like beer too, and I catch fish, and I like beer. And all of a sudden, what we got back was the community and the church of the tinny who love one another, who yeah. care for one another. They were loving their brothers and sisters. Who can listen to opinions different than theirs with respect and maturity. And accept them.
1: And Not, accept you them. You don't
3: need to agree with them, and but you, know but you, you do need that? to accept them. You know who did that, wrong? Yeah. You know who cut through and how they cut through it was Nev? Yeah drawing inspiration from the Frothy and Waffle campaign and simply letting people know, we have something in common, Mm. race, colour or creed. We have one thing in common, and that is the enjoyment of beer. Mm. Hallelujah, Nev. Good on you, Nev. Great
1: to hear from you. Keep the peacemaking coming, brother. Now, to those of you who've been asking, the health department has confirmed the pics you've been sending us from Nightcliff and Lee Point... Uh, algal bloom. Some of it is the nasty blue green variety. They are, uh, they've advised not to eat fish for the time being caught along the Nightcliff Casuarina and Lee Point foreshores. And uh, not sure how long that's going to last though. And obviously, no. I wouldn't eat the, uh, the algal bloom. If you are somehow predisposed to that sort of behaviour. What,
3: scooping up the algal blooms, the coral spawn, and oh, you know, the I mean, algal and coral spawn putting it on your cereal?
1: And, you know, all these MKR and these, you know, trendy bloody cooking oh, yeah, shows. Oh, yeah, here's some coral here's spawn some and
3: algal bloom. I've
1: got some wild harvest to garnish yeah. from oh, my local fully organic. I wouldn't be doing that. No.
0: Scooped um, it up from the top of Buff Creek. <laughs>
1: um, ahoy from Nippa. Hello, Nippa. Evening, fellow tinny brethren and sistren. Don't know if sistren's a word, but <laughs> It we'll is go. now. It is now. To mullet or not to mullet. <laughs> oh. I have a dilemma to put before the tinny church. Oh,
3: bring, it, bring it on, Nipper. As the
1: story goes, my mate Damo shares my enjoyment of fishing, and over a few frothies, we decided for his birthday, a group of us go to Fraser Island for a week to chase Taylor, Trevally, tuna and mackerel. What's the problem? Okay, I mentioned this stupendous idea to my wife, As I saw this as an opportunity to earn brownie points by bagging some fillets for fish and drink beer with the guys. Mm -hmm. My wife then uttered the fatal five words all husbands know. We could do that... dot, dot, dot. Or... We can travel to her parents' farm and offer them a holiday so they can go to the coast, fishing and sipping on shardy while we'll stay behind and manage the farm during the drought. (laughs) Oh, hang on. No, you could, let's go to the tub, or let's stay at home and have someone come around and beat me with a sharp stick. That's the option that you've been given, Nipper. You're buggered. You're totally (laughs) buggered, Nipper. I'm stuck harder than a drunken albatross deciding how his last ten bucks should be spent. A, buy that last jug of fruit tingles, or B, use that money towards a taxi home. It's always the fruit tingles. Uh What say the church of the tinny? To fish... Or not to fish, or should I say
3: to fish or to farm? Yeah, pretty clear to me, Rob. Um, you're buggered, Nipper. I do sometimes feel there's value, you know, whether it's the wife or the husband, kind of the negotiation in these arrangements, I do feel there's value keeping a little running whiteboard tally. Get yourself a whiteboard, put it in the shed. And because what happens is you do an act like this and you make a sacrifice, then you come to call that brownie point in, you know, two to three weeks or months later down the track, it's forgotten. Run a tally board, run a ledger, and keep it up to date. Go to the farm, mate, but get it back yeah. another time. You deserve hey, it.
1: Come on, minding the farm during times of drought mm. has got to be worth three future
3: fishing trips, surely. Indeed. Too. Now, it's stinger season and all fishos, as you know, but what does it actually feel like to get done by one? Check out this bloke, tough as nails, Chris Wood, local fisho. He was hit by a boxy at the weekend.
11: Parents, just smashing a dewey and we were fishing all day and we had net half an esky full of fish and we just bagged out on juries. My grandmas, they live at Bolga, which is a community near um, Channel Point so I went to drop them off a fish, but the draft of the boat was pretty deep so you know, we only wanted to stop at about a metre or 0.7. So I jumped in the water in my undies so I could put dry clothes back on. And I got four metres from the boat and then I started getting stung around the legs real bad scary to begin with because I'd never been done by one, so no, I was shocked and I didn't know what to do. Once I felt them hit me, they just started wrapping around me, man.
3: Man, that must have been horrific.
11: Yeah, it was pretty scary. There might have even been two there, man. I can't guarantee you the water, the turbidity of the water was pretty dirty, so I couldn't see through it. I can't even count the amount of tentacles that got me around my leg, and I could feel them. They shot the bubs and into my left leg a lot a lot worse than on my right my legs at the moment still i I can't see my knees my legs are the size of footballs got onto the beach and then realized the severity of the situation and yeah it started hurting heaps real sharp burning sensation worst pain i've ever felt i was i was right at the front of my my grandma's house so i did feel a bit safe but i was just lucky you know i'm never out there with a sat phone but i was on my mate's boat and he had a sat phone we didn't have any vinegar so I had to stick it out till the chopper come. Care flight told us to put a V sheet on the roof.
3: Did they talk you through on the phone how to treat the wounds?
11: Well, they just said vinegar, and we had no vinegar, so basically they just said take all the painkillers in your medical kit.
3: Take everything.
11: Two and take <laughs> two whatever paracetamols, and the pain went right down. And I was busting jokes on the boat, and I think everyone was getting a bit pissed off at me because of how easy I was taking it.
3: Maybe you'd gone into delirium, Chris. <laughs>
11: yeah, maybe, mate, yeah. The, the skipper of the boat just had a cool home ahead. I don't want to say his name, but yeah, real good bloke. Lucky. So I started in the job, so I didn't want to miss, miss it. So I was back then straight away on Monday.
3: <laughs> Regardless of a box jellyfish sting, you can see the photos at ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook. Chris, did Grandma get her Jewfish?
11: Nah, so we mate ran it up the beach. We sort of just had to chuck it on the ground. The fishing was ridiculous. We, we actually just caught one jukefish each and then, you know, decided, you know what what's going on with the jukefish numbers at the moment. And we just decided to stop there.
3: What's the message to other fishers, mate? What do you want to say to others?
11: Uh oh, stay out the water, man. Wear stockings if you can't afford a wetsuit or wear jeans and tuck them into socks. Yeah, and they say, you know, vinegar or piss, but um, fresh water, just warm fresh water.
3: Great pat on the back to your... Uh... Yeah. Your skipper there who kept a calm head and looked after you.
11: <laughs> Cheers, mate. Get a mullet up, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good on you, Chris. What a legend. He can still smile. It's one of yeah. those things, that, like uh, you have the bottle of vinegar in your boat and you know how UV degrades things yeah. and then you go into your boat and all of a sudden there's a stink of, like, uh, mm. you've got fish and chips in there. Mm. But it's a it's a timely reminder, isn't it? Chris really wanted to pass on his... Heartfelt thanks to the crew at Careflight who do great work, of course. You can see the pics of the injury on tails from the tinny on the
10: faceache.
4: Tails from the tinny.
10: I had to grab a mullet out. She's punching below my shoulder blades. Get a mullet up here. I'm putting fish in the boat again and life's good. We
1: mentioned on the show last week uh, a picture that landed on tinny faceache. Uh, a bloke by the name of Mick Foreman. Now, Mick, though holding up a serious silver slapper, was sporting a very serious face, mm. and somewhat curiously, he
3: was wearing socks. Yeah, there, there was a little bit of a contradiction. He looked very serious about the fish. The, the it socks. It looked a bit comical in the socks. Mm.
1: Mm. Lisa the Brave was seriously curious and endeavoured to hunt Mick down to find answers.
12: Well, fishing is a pretty serious subject, and number two, the socks. I just sort of put them on to stop me tops of me feet getting sunburnt and hot seats and etc. Cetera, etc. cetera, non-slip. It just came about one day when we were launching the boat and actually had my Susan socks on. So while we are out there, it was getting a little bit hot, so I just actually slipped them on and it's yeah started a trend.
2: Do you get a sock tan?
12: Not that I've noticed.
2: So they're not knee socks, they're ankle socks, right?
12: That's the one.
2: You've been out fishing a bit lately and you've been having a little bit of luck.
12: Certainly have. Past sort of few months, we've been doing quite all right. There's been a few big bar around.
2: And they've been on the end of your rod?
12: They certainly have and been slipped back in the water. Oh,
11: bro, that is one big silvery. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
11: Look at this. Get that one. up, yep. Oh. Russell, can I? I can't f-ing even f- fit f- it in my camera. I need a turn. Tag or what? No, no tag. No tag. No good. chug him back. There he goes. Oh. Back in the drink. <laughs> Put it there, brother. F- yeah.
12: We went up the west arm, we found a little bit of bait, so we threw the net and we were live baiting. I call it cheating, but it resulted in a nice big barrow. Pulled in a 98. It's a very good fishing spot, but it's very shallow and very hot. It's, yeah, and there's not much structure around, so.
2: Do you find you're flicking the flats a bit more when you're fishing out west arm way?
12: Tend to go the deeper little channels because that's where you get the bigger ones, throwing our live bait on a sinker and waiting tends not to be a lot of structure. There's a lot of mud and it's, it's more rocky than snaggy as such. So you're fishing deeper water on the rock bars with the live bait.
2: Is that why you're going to live baiting? Because there's no structure?
12: To a point because you've got to fish deep or you've got to troll backwards and forwards and they're only very small holes. We're fishing over the low tide, getting landlocked.
2: You've been out Buffalo Creek over the weekend?
12: Well, we've been launching at Buffalo Creek right over into Flame Tree Point. It's just a whole lot of it from King Creek right the way around to the rock to Gunpoint there's a lot of structure over there that's a lot of flicking we basically use hard body larger lures flick and troll quite shallow most of it but you've got better trolling runs like out the front of the king creek that's quite good i know people have been catching some really big fish there up the little howd there's a few other little holes and trolling spots but basically neat tides when the water's a little bit higher
2: how did you find the water temperatures
12: they were quite high but we got caught in the rain sort of like last Saturday. That was quite a storm first thing in the morning. This fortnight, yes, I believe they did shut down. We still hooked several, but we didn't land any. The fortnight before, well, it was still quite warm. We, we hooked a lot and we landed a lot.
2: And is, is there much of a fight once you've hooked up?
12: Certain ones. One seems to still have, have been in the breeding season, so... Some of them seem very, very heavy for their size and others seem very lean. So I'm not sure if they'd already bred or not or whether they still had all the spawn, whatever, inside them. A lot of them around the 90s to the mid-90s and a couple over the metre.
2: They're really good sizes.
12: They are, and they've been really good this year. Last year, they were about the 80 to 87s it was sort of hitting them. They seem like the different year group or I'm not quite sure. Might be last year's fish have put it on another 10 centimetres. I just want to catch fish.
2: (laughs) (laughs) A simple man happy to just take a fish on board and maybe feed the family. Yep. The next couple of weeks, have you got any trips in store?
12: Not at the moment. I think my wife's a little bit angry at me and I think I'd better go back to work. Spending too much time on the water? I believe so.
2: All the best for uh, the rest of the build-up. Thanks for your time.
12: Norris, thank you. Well done, Mick.
3: A simple
2: man with simple needs in life and that is to catch fish.
3: Yep. We get that. And he goes
1: about it pretty successfully. Mm. By the sounds of it. And Mick,
3: if your missus says it's time to go back to work, it's time to go back to work. Fishos have been complaining for months, though, as you'd know. The government has refused to discuss it on air. Dundee boat ramp, the second busiest in the Territory, cost of four and a half million dollars, opened less than two years ago, amidst much fanfare and heralded at the time as an all-weather, all-tide facility. Now fishing charter guides are sometimes refusing even to use it, opting to be pulled out by the tractors on the beach instead, like the good old days. But it's not just the sand at the bottom making it unusable and seeing lots of people get stuck. It's pretty slippery as well, according to fishers like Aaron.
9: In order to launch my boat at the Dundee ramp, and it is only the Dundee ramp, because the top half of the ramp is almost polished concrete, my trailer just decides to ice skate, so in case one side of the brake's locked up or the other, I actually have to disconnect my trailer brake and just go on the cruiser and let the boat just pretty much drag me through the water. The first time we did it, I was just lucky that I had the boat straight when we hit the ramp. And the boat was actually starting to slide before the cruiser even got onto the ramp. The cruiser was still up on the hard and everything just started going. Poor old mates in the boat shit themselves a fair bit. Yeah, as did I I thought, oh no, I'm gonna lose everything here. I think we hit the water about twenty five K an hour. <laughs> yeah no, without a doubt Dundee is the worst boat ramp I've ever had to use in Australia. It's shocking. I mean the taxpayer have paid for that ramp potentially to go in and they've got a half job. For them to have said, Yep, no that's good enough Well it isn't good enough. They, they just told a heap of lies and crap at the start. Oh, yeah, you know, it's going to be all weather. It's going to be all tide. It's not all weather. And now everyone's realised that it's not really all tide because there's pretty much the Sahara
1: Desert sitting on the bottom half of the ramp.
3: <laughs> <laughs> How are the sound of the brakes? <laughs> oh,
1: dear, the vision is on our of course. It's and, quite fantastic. And,
3: and he deliberately, you've got to understand, he deliberately disconnects... The trailer, trailer brake
1: so it doesn't lock up and jackknife because, as he's going backwards.
3: But Yeah, because it's getting so slippery anyway, he's getting dragged regardless, even with him on, and it's a much higher risk of jackknifing yeah. as he's doing that. You know, if one uh, trailer brake locks on and not the other or at different rates, he's got it down pat now anyway yeah, after sweet. four or five goes.
1: it looks so good. <laughs> I like it. And it's a beautiful thing. Well, there is a... But- yeah, the sand is at the bottom, yes, but it's also good that, you know, the sand's there because... It slows him up yeah, before yeah, the cruiser
3: yeah,
4: that's right.
1: gets, up to the, gets up to the front wheels. Aaron's uh, uh, started a petition. Uh, if you'd like to join him in pleading uh, with the government to get it fixed, uh, you can find it online. Opposition leader Gary Higgins has been down there too this week and he isn't real happy.
8: Well, I was out there yesterday and had another look at it. Basically, you can't put a boat in or out unless the tide is above about six metres. You need to actually not remove sand as required. It needs to be done as a regular maintenance so that people know that they can launch their boat down to a certain height. So I know there's a contract out now to issue remove a lot of the sand. There is no scheduled maintenance. There's no money allocated to it. It's on an ad as need basis at the request of the
3: department. A tender was released earlier this year for three year ongoing maintenance though and, and was then cancelled with no explanation. Were you given any answers about why? No. You have to take some responsibility though don't you? You're a former fisheries minister your government was in power when the decision was made. It seems everyone but the government of the day knew that this option, the poor man's option, the cheapest option was never going to
13: work.
8: Yeah, it was well Consulted the reason it took so long to get a decision to actually go ahead with it was to get people to agree with the design and get the engineers to come up with a design.
3: The engineers gave three possible designs. This yep. was the cheapest.
8: Decision was made that it would be installed and you would have an ongoing issue with the sand and and that was based on the amount of money that was allocated. You will always get the tides moved back and forth. I don't think there'd be a solution um, that will permanently remove that problem. But you need to allocate funding to do it and maintain it on a, on a regular basis.
3: And a little bit later on the tinny, finally, a commitment from government. They'll get on with it and they will get it fixed. TINNY BOYS, CHARGE AND TACKLE! Woo!
11: <laughs>
14: Hi, I'm Sharon. Hi, I'm Renna. I'm from Team She'll Be Right. We were fishing Corroboree Park Challenge two weekends ago, run by Palmerston Game Fishing Club. And we're actually fishing out one of the Kawinda billabongs. We have plenty of fishing spots, but we do like that one particular hole, waterhole. And how did you go? Fantastic. A lot of fish caught
2: and decent sized fish in our boat for the weekend. You guys came back to the comp with 35 fish listed on your catch sheet and the requirement was for three. What happened there?
14: I didn't read the rules well correctly or didn't read the rules. <laughs> yeah, so I just wrote every fish down. We always go out with a strategy, but with barramundi, anything could happen. Who knows what's going to work on that day or that night. So yeah, we, we were just trawling and yeah, during the day casting. Mostly on the trawl, we got the fish. And the conditions were perfect, absolutely beautiful. Not many mosquitoes, uh, no storms came through, so we were lucky, no rain. Uh, so it was a magical,
2: magical two, well, two nights on the water. Renna I understand that you took out the teenage female champion angler.
5: Yeah the fishing was really good I had a really good time we used a local lure. And
2: how did it feel for you mum to seeing your two young ones pulling in the fish and absolutely kicking butt? There's no other feeling like it just to see them hook up and especially when
14: you know they're bringing them in and dad's getting it in the net and just landing it it's fantastic yeah they get very excited i get excited there's little dances happening on the boat <laughs> is fishing something that you guys have always done as a family yeah ever since the kids were old enough to go in the boat yeah life jacket on little fishing rod off we go what do you like about fishing
5: i just love how you can explore new places and find out all the fish are and yeah so you got some
2: decent sized fish yeah some really good fish what about you? your little brother who's a little bit too shy to talk over here tell me about how he went
14: uh, he went really good. He's runner-up, runner-up um, junior, male junior angler. Yep. That's got to be a proud moment. Very proud. Yes. We've done um, Crawberry Park Challenge now for quite a number of years. Last year I was lucky enough to take out the female champion angler and the year the runner-up the year before I think it was. So we've done it, we've done it for a number of years. Wren won her category last year as well and Mitchell was um, junior male champion angler last year. So, so it's a wonderful comp. We absolutely love it, good family comp. Where are you guys going to fish next? Shady Camp to go and catch a metre barramundi because I haven't caught a metre barramundi yet. So we've got a deal going on in the boat at the moment is if I'm to catch a uh, metre barramundi then um, we get married. We got engaged in May, 22 years, still haven't caught one, so it might be another 22 years. Get me out on the water every weekend.
2: The glory and the ring.
14: Yes.
15: (laughs) Tales from the Tinny.
3: G'day, how you going Tim? Come on, you got to say, you got to own it Evan. Oh, Fad Man. Evan Needham, the Fad Man, you've been out to check them out. How are they performing?
10: Look, awesome. We went out for a monitoring trip last Wednesday, bait all over these things. So we'd heard reports there were bait on these fads. We went out to confirm it, Um, went out to check on our GPS monitoring devices and all those sort of things as well.
3: You can see the stunning vision at ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook. Can you talk us through what we're seeing there underwater?
10: When we got there, we could see bait shimmering in the water around the floats. Um, We dropped some GoPros down to to film what was there, and we also used some bait jigs to try and catch what was there to identify just clouds of bait um, about 10 centimetres long. They're actually a barred yellowtail scad, so southern anglers would refer to something as a yakka. It's a, a very similar to that. They had certainly attracted pelagics, so we confirmed that there are predators there eating them.
3: And how did you confirm that on your research mission, Fat Man?
10: Well, I suppose you could say we took out some sampling gear <laughs> um, and we sampled the population there yeah. as best we could. Mm. <laughs> what sort of
3: samples were coming in for research purposes?
10: Look, we confirmed the presence of at least three mackerel species and a cod although the cod just occurs on video. Must have been at least 15 metres off the bottom, just swimming under the school of bait. The three max? Three max, we confirmed uh, a spotty that we got a really good close look at, uh, a Spaniard, which we got a really good look at, and uh, what we think is a school mackerel as well.
3: Did you get a really good look at the Spaniard on your plate?
10: No, but one of the other staff members did. (laughs) So decent size? Yeah, look, the Spaniard was probably six or seven kilo. Um, We were sounding fish up, as we were driving around the FAD, so we were marking bait and we were marking predators.
3: Yeah, how was the sounder looking in terms of the presence of numbers of pelagics?
10: Oh look, the school of spotties that were swimming around us, there probably would have been eight or ten in that, in that school. Um, the Spaniards, we could see a few fish moving around and we were just dropping jigs on them and uh, hooked up to a couple. Well this is now six weeks. We'd heard reports very early on, no, within, within the first week that these things were holding bait, but we hadn't heard any reports of predators. So we've confirmed that the predators are there and that's six weeks down the track and these things are now fishing.
3: And of the ones you checked, which were holding the most bait and pelagics?
10: Uh oh, look, they all had bait. So certainly at Fenton there was bait, but the, the biggest, most impressive balls were out at North Gutter. One of them's gone missing though. Yeah, look, um, when we went into this, we'd certainly know and history has shown that fads will go missing, but we certainly didn't expect one to go missing within six weeks. Uh, we don't know why, that fad is missing but we also certainly know that another fad has been damaged somehow.
3: Oh that's disappointing. Which one is missing firstly?
10: Look so that's the second fad at Fenton Patches. The one that's damaged is actually the first what we call Fenton One. Possibly looks as though someone's thrown a rope around the top of it to try and moor themselves there and as the boat's pulled away it's certainly damaged the infrastructure on top of the top of the fad.
3: I'm guessing they're not for mooring on.
10: No, definitely not for mooring on. And look, we're going to have a code of conduct out shortly that will outline to, outline to people the, the best practice for when you're fishing around these fads. The the large predatory species don't aggregate underneath the fad. They're certainly away from the fad. There shouldn't be any reason for you to have to moor or tie off to these fads. And we've always branded, this is a trial. So we're seeing how these things go. So yes, we've, we've had a loss here. So if anyone does see it floating around out there, please let us know. Do you
3: uh, suspect someone might have flogged it? put in their private little spot
10: Uh no i think it's too obvious for that look we we don't know why it's disappeared but it's a pretty big bright yellow float i think someone may see it floating around and if you do let us know it's got a gps unit attract attached to it as well um which we'd like back also
3: okay so fenton one damaged fenton two missing yep. north gutter and dundee still good to go
10: Still good to go. We're planning on getting down to Dundee to try and get some more footage from the Dundee FAD. Um, people might be aware we're actually moving offices over the next couple of weeks, so Fisher. What to Dundee? <laughs> no, we're getting a bigger vessel. No, we're not really. <laughs> um, so once we're settled in our new offices, we're gonna get down to Dundee on the next good set of neeps and we'll, we'll try and get some similar footage from the Dundee FAD to confirm the bait that are present at that one as well. Excellent, thanks for the update. Pleasure, and uh, hopefully FAD Man will be back soon with some, some more good news. There is a fine
2: line between fishing and just standing on the shore like a gormless idiot. The two are not, however, mutually exclusive. Tales from the Tinny.
1: Now, a family fishing trip is something special, isn't it, Timmy? Sure. Mum, Dad and the kids all together in the Great Territory outdoors? Mostly, M- mostly.
7: <laughs>
13: yes.
1: <laughs> Indulging in the pastime we all love so dearly, fishing. But sometimes, this idyllic tableau, tableau of peace, tranquility, and family togetherness can turn very dark, very dangerous, very bloody, very quickly. Much like the opening scenes of horror movies, think Halloween. Suddenly there's blood and guts and tortured screams everywhere.
3: (laughs) 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 How Aren't we supposed to be attracting people to the (laughs) territory? And fishing. To then (laughs) fishing?
1: This was precisely the case for the McGrath family. On one of their regular Daily River family outings recently, (laughs) we caught up with Dad Pud McGrath, Paul, and son Alex to recount the terrible tale. And this was last week. Coincidentally, just
15: after... Halloween. How's your face, Pud? <laughs> <laughs> Recovered. Yeah, <laughs> it was a bit sore for a couple of days, but unscathed. You're still looking beautiful, Pud.
3: Oh, let me right, let me say that. Yeah,
15: yeah. Alex, can you tell us
3: what happened here, mate?
5: Uh, so we're at the Daily River, and Dad was just washing his hands. I was getting ready to cast, and then. I pulled it back, it got caught in Dad's face and I gave it a big yank.
1: <laughs> and a good reef, was it? You're a strong-looking young bloke, a decent reef.
5: Yep. What did Dad say? A lot of swearing. Oh. A lot.
1: <laughs> words that you don't usually hear coming out of
3: Dad's mouth, maybe?
5: Uh, or those words come out of the mouth all the time? Sometimes I hear them.
3: Did it feel heavy when you pulled the rod back? Like Heavy like a whole face
5: on the end of it? <laughs> Um, Well, I was wondering why I couldn't (laughs) see the line in the (laughs) wall.
1: Had you been getting a few fish before this, Alex? So, you know, was the adrenaline running a bit?
5: Um, Well, that was a little bit of a rush because it was the last day we were there. So we're in a bit of a rush to get it in and try and catch some fish. So the adrenaline was there.
3: (laughs) So you turned around and and realised then that's why my lure's not in the water. Can you describe what you saw on dad's face in as much detail <laughs> as much gruesome detail as it, you can manage yeah, it be a lot like Halloween yesterday yeah. no doubt
5: <laughs> yeah so after I gave it a big yank I wasn't really paying attention to the rod no, and right. it was <laughs> I was like pulling a bit and I turned around and I could just see this shining thing but you could barely see it with all the blood there <laughs> And then we went up to someone else that was fishing there, a mate of Dad's, and he tried to pull it out with some pliers and he just got it in even further and then you could see the point of it sticking out the other side.
1: Tell me, mate, when you realised that you actually had him well hooked,
3: did you lay it up on the drag and
1: sink into him?
3: (laughs) (laughs) You just wanted your lucky lure back. That's correct. Put who's this alleged mate of yours who sunk it in deeper?
15: Uh... Brad Moody, Sess, you know Sess, you probably know him. Yes, yep, do. does a lot of fishing, and my wife said, Oh, go down and see Jungfer, he'll do something about it. Yep, Mark Jungfer, yep. he's gone downstream. If anything worse is going to happen, I've got to go upstream. I'm not going downstream to chase him. So my daughter was driving by this stage. I said, Take us up to Sess and we'll So what his story is. And drove up to Sess and had a look. I said, Sess, have you pulled one of these out before? should have seen the look on his face. <laughs> Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he got a big set of pliers out and cut the poltergeist off and just had the treble in there. He's got arms on him as big as your legs. Oh, yeah. And he, I held onto the boat and held onto him, and he'd just give it to her. I thought, no, that's not coming at no. all. <laughs> so off we went. It's yeah. in your cheek at yeah. this point. How deep is it buried, and what's the pain like? The pain wasn't too bad, really, but one of the trebles was right in, and coming out the other side, so it sort of hooked right through, and then the other two hooks were free. But it was just above your lip, sort of in the corner of your nose, sort of thing. Not too bad. There was more pain to come. I knew it was not going to be good. <laughs> and there was more. Off to the clinic. Talked to Sess. I hadn't been up to Wollianow except for the buddy classic years ago. So anyway, I talked to Sess. He goes, "Go to the right hand side." don't go to the left-hand side so anyway got it all confused we went to the left-hand side so we would have been 20 minutes trying to get through there and kids screaming and bogged up to sand and got through there and kept going and
1: so you're bogged oh, <laughs> and you got yeah. blood streaming down your blood. face a treble yeah. in your face and yeah. you
15: and you're having to dig yourself out as well that's it headed into the community and found the clinic went in there pressed this button hello oh you know such and such I've got a hook in my face just got a
8: Oh, not me- another
15: one. <laughs> anyway, this fella comes over taking the blood pressure. And I had a long sleeve fishing shirt on, pulling it up, pulling it up so he could get the blood pressure thing over my arm pulling it up and just whack fair into the hook and drove it in oh it's funny just you punch another barb in no (laughs) no just went wow this is not good (laughs) so then eventually they sort of got little bolt cutters and cut the rest of the hook and then pushed it through i was you know it's a brand new lure which was lucky but they got big bloody barbs on them anyway she pushed it through it was like Going to the worst dentist in the world is just, I thought just, well, it's got to improve anyway, bang out it comes. So, yeah, a good resolution in the end. Alex, what's the lesson that you've learnt here
3: about fishing on the boat with dad?
5: make sure that Dad's not washing his hands when I'm casting.
1: <laughs> or watch the back cast, maybe? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Given that we have just had Halloween, as as we've already mentioned, have you thought about the benefits of one of those
3: hockey masks you know, uh, that they wear on horror movies?
15: I'm thinking about the full body suit, actually.
3: <laughs> Thanks very much, fellas. Good to see you've recovered. As Rob mentioned
15: early, you're looking just beautiful. Yes. Thank you. Beautiful <laughs> as Thank ever anyway, Put. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, Rob. Thanks, Alex.
5: Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Red, fast and
1: free Presenting the Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker Some say it's been scented with a barramundi pheromone Some say it's scientifically proven in the effective removal of leg hair Some say that these stats might be slightly exaggerated Much like your fishing yards without a Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker Email fishing at abc.net.au or
3: message the tinny on Facebook to get yours. It's been in a while, the incoming's still been flooding into the tinny for the uh, the brand new sticker, and Neville's been on deployment working hard. Mm, but uh, flooding might not be the, the most appropriate term, not, given some of the calls today. N- not this week. Check out these uh, this correspondence recently. Hey guys, love the show. This is from Duncan, Brooksteed in Queensland. I just thought I'd give you a hoy while I'm sitting here having a coldie catching up on the shows I've missed. While you mob are up there living the dream, down here on the Darling Downs, we're pretty bloody dry. And just to give you an idea of how bad it is, I've sent you a pic of a 50 centimetre yellow belly I found dead in the only permanent hole in our creek. Well, in the only creek for miles at home. It's down to about two foot of water at the moment. Has only been dry twice in the last 60 years. In 1964 and 93. A yelly this, a yellow this big should be around 10 to 15 pound. This one is three. Wow. Yeah. Being a drought and the water getting hard to come by in the local creeks and rivers, have a listen to this, Rob. Mm. This is a tinny church member just getting on with it. Yep. I took it upon myself to build a hole for the fish. Oh, how did he go about that, Tim? Five hours with a D8, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> and filled it
1: with some stock. To quote the great Joe Bajelki-Peterson of my childhood, it's amazing what you can
3: do with a D8 bulldozer. <laughs> Catch and released eight yeller and two catfish so far, and the young fella loves it. Of course he does. What well, a champion. Yeah. <laughs> Keep up the good work, and I reckon one of your 120 wah 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 wah, wah stickers would be just what we need round here to break the drought. Oh, of course how, it would. How is that for a new and worthy use? I mean, you can go fundraising and, you know putting prices of milk up and giving it to the farmers. Well, let's just deploy airdrop stickers. Yeah. A drought breaker. And look, I'm not even going to claim
1: right here and now Uh-oh. the data isn't quite in, but I would say that's scientifically proven that the 120YYY sticker will break a drought.
3: And, and and Duncan says, if it does, I'll use the sticker to measure the rain we get. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Four and a half mils overnight. That's Keep amazing. up the good work. Thanks, guys. Here's cheers. Duncan from Queensland. Great to hear from you, Duncan. Ah, oh, Duncan and his D8.
1: It's all you need in life, really. Uh, uh, Sally has hit us on face ache. Oh, well, hang on, it's not Sally. Uh, let's go in. Here. How are you, fellas? James here, just riding nah. in on the wife's face ache. Oh, yeah, I see yeah. I read there. this. Yeah, he doesn't
3: yeah. get Facebook and he had to jump on the wife's. Yeah. That's it. He tried really hard, this guy.
1: Yeah. She won't be happy about this. I don't have the face ache and it gives her the aches big time when I look at fishing on hers. <laughs> so I don't think this is going to help.
3: Give us your phone, love. <laughs> I want to search through the news feed. Look
1: at that. I live down in Central West NSW, and every year I go for a barra fish in the Gulf. Good on you. Couldn't go this year. Very dry here, as we're he- hearing from Duncan. And so I've been feeding stock flat out. I didn't think this would have the effect on me that it has. It's obviously worn him down. Once you catch barra, you just want more. So I was getting around here, dragging my feet, sulking my bottom lip poking out, you know. And and the other half was getting the aches again. So she downloaded your podcast onto my phone. Oh great. And I've been bouncing around all week oh, listening great. to big mobs of back shows. Awesome stuff, fellas. Just wondering if you have any of the measuring stickers that will guarantee me forty plus percent catch rate improvement. Which would get me up there with a chance to catch something. Is it true if I put one sticker on each side of the boat, I'll get 80% increase in catch rates? Yes. The answer is yes. Neville's got one under each wing for you, mate, and he's on his way. He offered uh, coin for postage no. as well. <laughs> you, no, don't no, no, no. No, you don't pay no, Neville. Well, you no. don't
3: pay him in coin.
1: No, no, you pay him in kind. Beer or Bundy for Neville, and or we're all good, mate.
3: Fishing at abc.net.au is the email address, or hit us up at ABC Tales and the Tinny on Facebook to get a copy of your sticker.
1: Drought. Busting Guarantee.
4: The GPS coordinates of the first two Tales from the Tinny Charity Fish have been revealed. Victoria River, 78 centimetres. Leaders Creek, 85 centimetres. It's worth $5,000. It will be nearby. Head to the Tinny Facebook page for the exact location.
3: We're about catching fish, fishos, winning money and giving to charity, are we not? Right on! Right on!
4: And stay tuned to Tales from the Tinny for details of the final two.
1: Frustrations are blown up this week over the state of the Dundee ramp, as we have been detailing for week after week here on the Tinny. Uh, Tim hit up Fisheries Minister Ken Vowles to try and resolve it
3: once and for all. Fisheries Minister, Ken Vowes, are you now willing to accept that the Dundee ramp is not all tide, is not all weather and is not a 24-7 ramp?
13: Yeah, look, I'll, I'll, I'll cop that on the chin because uh, you know we've come into the government and I didn't make a big hoo-ha about opening Dundee because literally uh, what our government what I did was just put a cherry on top of a cake.
3: It turns out the cake was a disgusting rank one
13: that I would never eat. You know, I, I hear loud and clear, I'm not, I'm not deaf. I can hear all the concerns. I can show you my phone with 25 mates who go fishing slamming me. And uh, my job as the minister is to fix that. The CLP, the former government, went for the bargain basement option for Dundee. There were three options on the table and they went for the fourth option. The only concern I have now, you know, we have got to spend money out of the $50 million wreck fishing commitment we made to fish and Territorians.
3: Have you costed how much it's going to be to actually find a permanent solution to the sand, to the slipperiness and to access over a larger range of tides?
13: Uh, we've got uh, Cardno doing that work right now. So a contract's been awarded uh, last week. Uh, work was starting last night to, to move over 10,000 cubic uh, metres of sand off it. Uh, that should be finished by the 12th of November uh, and should be able to get tidal access to 1.8 metres.
3: That is a temporary fix though, the same work was done around 18 months ago and it's all back again. Mm -hmm. Why was the original tender cancelled earlier this year for a three year ongoing maintenance program to remove that silt regularly on the low tides?
13: So what I've been told it just wasn't working out so we've re-advertised that. Uh, We've got this one off going in and then we're doing work immediately what is the grand plan to fix this properly. We just need to fix it, as simple as that.
3: Can you allocate at your discretion the required money from the 50 million
13: yeah look i've given a lot of importance to the recreation fishing advisory committee Uh, that will go through them and they'll give me a decision to make but at the end of the day i make that decision regardless and i've already said i want this fixed
3: so you're open to signing off on the coin if they recommend it
13: oh absolutely and even uh whatever comes in i'm just telling everybody i'm going to fix the boat the boat ramp it should have been done properly and whatever that cost comes back we must get it right it's not good enough i mean i've been stuck out there as well and i'm not going to Pulled out that across my, uh, my social media and all those sort of things. Here I am, what the hell's going on? Who am I going to complain to, Tim? <laughs> like, who is it? Seriously? I just want to tell people that I'm going to get it fixed. As the minister, um, I'm going to fix it.
3: He's
1: a fixer. I'm a fixer.
13: He's going to fix it.
1: He's a fixer.
3: Wouldn't it be funny if he actually called his own office to lodge a complaint to himself while stuck for four hours at the Dundee ramp? And can I speak to Ken Vows as PA, please? It's me. Can I talk to me? I want to lodge a complaint to myself about the state of this boat ramp and you, can you get me to fix it? Anyway, he's going to fix it? He's a fixer. Well, that's about it for Tales from the Tinny. Don't forget, there are two $5,000 charity MDF tagged fish in the water. One is at the Vic River, 78 centimetres, tag number 18, GPS marks on Facebook. Or you can go back and listen to the podcast. Uh, Number nine is 85 centimetre. At the mouth of Leaders Creek, it was released, and those GPS marks are on Facebook. As well. Good on your Paul, Pud, McGrath, and Alex, Warren DeWitt, Dave Gregory, Mick Foreman, Sharon and Renee Impey, and Ken Vowles.
1: Evan Needham, Gary Higgins, Woody Falls, Chris Wood, John Pinney, Ian Niblock, and the mighty Crystal Schultz, who is much better than Milsey, even though he's got a good mo. She's much better than Milsey. This has been Tales from the Tinny. We'll be back again next week in the interim.
2: Get a mother up, you. Yeah. Tales from the Tinny.